Well, it is a new day. Did you hear that? Yeah. Thank. Uh, thanks, Zoom. <laughs> that that was. This weird. meeting is. Oh no. Yeah. Zoom. He... Zoom. Zoom. May scare you. And this is normally where I say something off the wall. Yeah. But I'd never do that. You're on the wall. Yes, I am on the wall. But I'm to also totally your friend. I would never, ever, consider. Just doing something totally random. Hi. Oh, yeah. Edit that line better. Well, what if it's any consolation, it scared the pants off of me too. You want to do? You want to redo that intro? No. Okay. All right. Cool. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the Chanting Kings. I'm your host. Hey, 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 hey! I do it. I do it. Oh. And welcome, one and all, <laughs> on YouTube and in podcast land. You are listening to the Tangent Kings. Roll it. Welcome once again to the Tangent Kings podcast. I am, of course, your humble servant, G. Michael Francis. And I am here with my partner in crime, Mr. JJ Banks. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well this evening, Mike. How are you? I'm all right. Just dealing with a sudden nasal congestion. Holy heck, where'd that come from? It came out of nowhere. It, 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 it was our RKO out of nowhere. The It reminds me of a 50s movie cover. It came from out of nowhere. It came from the sky was alerted by the clap of my <laughs> <laughs> alerted the <laughs> but uh yeah so i we i've got uh my all stuff all ready to go for tonight what are we on for topics mike well i'm glad you asked because we are talking about certain doing some certain doing goings on with our neighbor in the north yeah. which with Canada and Calgary, which I think even for Canada is a little bit off the wall. Granted, yeah. I don't know that much about Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and obviously we're both from the U S and we're not, uh, obviously and we are both on... from Minnesota. So I we guess are. that sort of counts. I mean, maybe we get some of my three zones of, yeah, you, you remember my three zones of Minnesota. If you watch this show, <laughs> but in case you don't remind us, Mike. Yep. So basically, you, you picture Minnesota, you got your lower level, your middle level, your upper level. The lower level is the heartland. Middle level is Minneapolis, you know, the, the uh, intelligentsia. Mm. And then everything north of that is what I call the RNC, Republican National Committee. No, Redneck Canada. The only place in the world where I've ever heard the phrase or the words y'all and a used in the same sentence. <laughs> that is not a joke, folks. I I'm did actually hear someone use the words y'all and a in the same sentence. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no, so certainly some interesting things have been going on in Canada this past uh, couple weeks. It's mm -hmm. the Canadian government specifically in uh, Calgary around there. And, uh, Alberta. and Alberta. Yep. Um, they've been 
making it very, very clear that the pandemic is not over and that it's very important for churches to not meet in any meaningful capacity. Mm -hmm. um, more specifically, um, I believe the present rule right now is that they're only allowing churches to have 15 uh, attendees. Um, that is just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, it actually calls back, uh, calls back to mind when, uh, you know, Governor Waltz was trying to do this, uh, uh, trying to do a similar rule, only he was only allowing 10 people, <laughs> even in cathedrals built for thousands. And Archbishop Hepta was like, oh, no, 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 my son. You know, well, well, we'll add in some prudential measures, but we're not limiting our services to 10 people. F that. Which was a great move on that part, because Minneapolis, has, so for those of you who don't know, Minneapolis has some very, very beautiful cathedrals. Um, oh, yes. I was confirmed in the Basilica of St. Mary's. But wow, oh. St. Mary's Basilica. Thank you. Um and so, yeah, they're they're very very beautiful. They're beautiful to drive by. I, I have actually not had a chance to uh, I've been walk inside. inside them. That's really cool. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if you get a chance, yeah, at least Google uh, Basilica of Saint Mary in Minneapolis. It's wow. The architecture there is just absolutely stunning. You think it's you think it's beautiful on the outside. You should see it on the inside. It is wow. Beautiful. Holy smokes. I'm just looking at pictures of that now. It is absolutely breathless. That that really does give me um, hunchback of Notre Dame vibes there. Uh, but yeah, yeah so, and if you get a chance, go into the cathedral and tour the cathedral. That that's definitely going to be on my list. So needless to say, Minneapolis. Uh, some of the uh, religious figures in Minneapolis having a little bit more of a backbone, mm -hmm. um, standing up to the governor, which is which, fantastic. Which is unusual for a Catholic bishop in now nowadays. <laughs> Absolutely. So all power to them there. With specifically in Calgary, uh, it definitely sounds like there's more resistance to it, both on the government end and the uh, religious end. Uh, specifically in the last couple of weeks, the uh, pastor Arthur Pulowski. Uh, Pulowski. Thank you. Arthur Pulowski. Thank you. And he's from Poland originally. So, yep. and Mike, you're Polish, so you're more acquainted with Mostly that. Mostly Polish. Mostly Polish. I was actually surprised he was Protestant. Not not that I have anything against that. I was just sort of surprised he was. Yeah. Poland being the way it is, you know, when with a population made up, uh, uh, with a Catholic population of about <laughs> that, was, that, that was great that was great thank you but yeah was, no a catholic <laughs> population which is nine 99.9 .9 catholic at least it was before the iron curtain went up yeah it's and um i mean in general i mean both poland and eastern europe in general have been have been subjugated to you know for the last several decades for example when the soviet union um was around there was a lot of communist persecution of religious especially the protestants catholics and, and especially in poland because they kicked their butts the first time they tried to do it yeah and needless to say so arthur came over and um uh, and he's been in canada i believe in calgary specifically for the last 15 16 years and he's been one of the things in some of his teachings he's mentioned um is that he's been talking about this Gestapo-style military government or military mm -hmm. uh, police coming in and at gunpoint saying, you know, we're going to tell you what you can and can't practice and how you can and can't believe. Um, 
so he's been getting uh for those who are not acquainted the last couple i want to say three weeks ago um a couple health inspectors came to his church and said you can't meet here and he said i don't talk to gestapo nazis and we're going I think to it's meet a here. month ago at this point good friday about a month ago was the first time yeah because it was good friday and no no it was holy week not not it was holy good week friday. yeah and so the the police officials showed up um, on the second time, and they had a you know very soft spoken woman. We're very sensitive and considered we can't be meeting here uh, to talk to them. And it's like, oh, please stop are... talking to me like I'm a child. Come on, yeah, talk to me. I am ow. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh was was savage, and <laughs> behind behind her was um you know some you know body armored cops like, and it's like well it's like this soft-spoken person's gonna try to get you to see a reason but then the cops are saying like so it's an it's a, it's a, he pointed out that it was a intimidation tactic like you shouldn't be meeting here and the numbers of attendees that you have and so they did that they attempted to serve him some papers saying it yeah was, and, I, and i understand like he was trying to actually read the papers but she kept interrupting him yeah and eventually and it, he it, just said you know what just talk to my lawyers yeah which was a good move so he's the Canadian government in general, specifically in Alberta and Calgary, they are trying for, it's very clear. They were trying these intimidation tactics and when they didn't work, when he would say, this is unethical and this is illegal, what you're doing, they just showed up. And um, I believe they showed up near the church when he was driving um, his vehicle, they pulled a vehicle over with a bunch of SWAT teams and they got him out of his car and, dragged him away in the in a uh, put him in the police vehicle yeah i saw that and it's like on what they would uh, their version on the interstate i'm not sure what exactly they'd call it right and they dragged him away and he wasn't allowed to contact anybody talk to anybody yeah, wasn't he, he in like solitary for 30 hours something to that effect yeah so they throw him in prison or throw him in solitary and he's not even allowed to contact his lawyer or have any contact. And then they just suddenly release him. Like they were raising some legal funds to fight this. And then they just released him. And it's like, it's this blatant show of force, this blatant, um, we're just going to, we're in charge and we're going to punish you for doing, for defying the government is frankly what it is. And if that wasn't heinous enough, there are also um, this past week, um, and I'm going to, I'll just pull up the article. Um, Alex Jones covered it pretty well. So we're going to, um, do we have screen share on? Uh, hold on. Why don't you give me that real quick? It's done. Excellent. Okay. We're going to take a peek at this. So the audience can take a look at what we're talking about. Okay. So this is Arthur Pol- uh, Polowski. And what is this? Oh, this is new. So apparently this happened yesterday. Um, apparently, like in the last couple of days, someone tried to burn his house down. Yeah, I was seeing that too. Uh, I didn't really read any articles. I just saw that someone tried to burn his house down. Holy and I actually think I, I, I sort of browsed through his videos on YouTube and it was like near the top of the list. Wow, that's really disturbing. I wasn't aware of that. Um, the one I was going to mention was that um, it was another pastor um, uh, arrested in Canada for for um, having a anti-lockdown church service. 
So another uh, pastor in Calgary happened as well. Because heaven forbid if a pastor should give his opinion. Of, of course. Um, and that kind of got me thinking today. I, I read these articles and I thought that's really, it's interesting, it's disturbing, it's unsettling. But the thing that I found just appalling, like you just stop there and you just shake your head and you're flabbergasted by it because, you know, we've read stories for years as children and in high school and in college talking about the evils of uh, police state and authoritarian governments. Well, number one, now that it's in front of you and number two, there's all these intense moral grandstanding around it. Like this is somehow the most ethical thing ever when it's, and they're, they're just based blatantly the lies that go around to prop up these authoritarian actions. It's basically, you have a state in the context of Canada specifically where it, the government has the ability and the power to detain you on a whim, to tell you what you can and can't practice, how where you can and can't go, what you can and get. It's, al it's almost to the effect the government has the power right now to do everything except tell you what you can and can't eat. It's, once it has that power, it doesn't relinquish that power. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm both concerned on the one hand that there isn't, enough of a backlash to it uh, there's certainly not going to be a backlash on social media about it because the companies that run social media are encouraging and propping up these kinds of regimes so that they can dictate what is publicly heard and what isn't but the thing that i find most disturbing is a lack of intensive backlash that there's this attitude of see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, or in this case, speaking no evil being there's no criticism of the government or terrorist groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. You yeah, can't criticize they could, these They groups. can cram together in the middle of Main Street with no mask, and that's totally fine. Right. They're allowed to board, burn down uh, police buildings and city halls in Portland, Oregon, but oh my god it's so horrific that the feds would just come in in black suits and take people off the streets and the funny thing is it, it, it one of my friends was saying that how she was so scared about that and it's like I, I i had to resist the urge to kind of just stop and say you when you're dead when you're causing all kinds of violent property damage and you're doing all these really really horrible wicked things it's like you're totally oblivious to all this evil that this particular group is saying. Oh my God, I don't want them to come up and show up and like and just take me away, right? It's like no one wants that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pro tip. But there's but there's this there's this I can't see my nose in front of my face kind of thing. Like we're gonna act like Nazis and violent brown shirts all day long, but heaven forbid. Oh my God, and we're propping up this authoritarian government. Oh my God, I can't believe the state is gonna come around all secret police style and start arresting us in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, uh, to the effect of uh, where that was just going, um, pro tip, if, you, if you're in the middle of a protest and some people are carrying gas cans, matches, etc., mm -hmm. maybe go in the other direction and you yeah. won't have to worry about getting picked up by people in black suits in vans. Well, right. Or there's, there's this morality where all of a sudden that they're going to create moral justice. And this was when Trump was still in office two years ago. Or actually, most no, it was last year. Was, it was last year. Thank you, Mike. And 
it was this it, it was this it was such a blatant hypocritical double standard and it was so reprehensible where it's like we're only going to be morally outraged when our side is affected or when we're punished or that we have to face the consequences of our own actions and it was just it made me so unbelievably sick to my stomach so i was writing about this today and i said it's not just this moral apathy we see um it's this there's this almost seems like there's this a, a terror and a fear inside of so many people that, that they're dependent on the government for money benefits and health care and that they're afraid of saying anything that would get them in trouble that they would lose that and i talked about that a couple episodes ago you know yeah. using welfare as a weapon yeah Th it's that's like okay that's well you don't want to you don't want to go along with my plans for these undesirables? Well, here, uh, say goodbye to your uh, child care check and say goodbye yeah. to this. Oh, and now you're among them. Which, which it's interesting seeing it's not just the federal government right now spending so much and writing checks to everyone, but it really is. If you're receiving a paycheck from someone, that person kind of controls you. You could go all the way down from a business standpoint of like I'm a like someone might be a slave to their particular job, or that they kind of have to play a certain game um, in order to keep getting a paycheck, right? Not that I'm saying having a job is a negative thing, or that you are a slave working for a job, but your employer kind of gets a say on more of a say on what you do, and if you don't really follow their rules, whatever those look like, you don't have to have the job with them anymore. There's a bigger discussion there, but that's kind of just in terms of basic principle, if someone's paying your paychecks, you kind of get a much bigger say in their life because if they don't follow that, they don't need to get paychecks anymore. So I think that with the average person who is in a situation like this where they're dependent on the government for a lot of things, they have every reason to just do whatever the government tells them to do, be it state or federal, and every reason to basic they have every reason to comply and every reason to never step out of line they feel but it's also that they're they fear being unpopular they fear social ostracization they fear being subjected to what you might call a social media struggle session which we've mentioned before where you mm -hmm. all your friends and family and coworkers scream at you for um would violently beat you in the street for being a right-wing deviationist or a anti-revolutionary or reactionary is what they would call you in communist china mm -hmm. they fear being the target of black lives matter and antifa um, they speak in their minds has a cost resistance has a cost speak seeking the truth has a cost standing up has a cost and non-compliance has a cost not bowing to the secret police has a cost as we're seeing in canada mm -hmm. um it's but it's it's interesting because in some cases obviously not in the case with Canada, but with some of these threats in general, there's the threat of the thing is more feared than perhaps the thing itself. We've been, you know, we're religious people in an age where it's not popular to be religious. Mm -hmm. We're uh, conservatives and we're capitalists in an age where it's, it's popular to be neither. So it's social authorization isn't new. It's also part of our religion for the last 2000 years, but the, it's the threat and the appearance of the thing that's worse than the thing imagined. Once you're actually being persecuted for belief, your beliefs in whatever capacity, um, it's not as horrific as, oh my gosh, it, it's, it, they're so 
terrified of what could happen rather than when the thing actually happens like it's actually not it's bad but it's not as terrifying as a what i thought it was where on the other hand the government is you're rewarded for your compliance you're rewarded with oh you want things to go back to normal well we'll let you go back to normal only when you start putting this shock collar on or when you start shackling your tongue or when you step more into our power and more into your role of being a commodity being cattle on our tax farms when you step more into that role then we'll let you have this appearance of everything's back to normal when the reality is is that it's not back to normal Mm -hmm. um they promise you things will come back to the way they used to be it's a reward mechanic um don't leave the cattle farm it's dangerous outside right it's like now that you're more in compliance you know now you have even less incentive and less ability to actually leave you know and they warn you of oh look how dangerous it is outside of my protection look how dangerous it is outside off the farm out of this out of being a, a easily controllable employee who can barely make enough money to actually live on don't misconstrue that as an argument for increasing minimum wage i don't support raising the minimum wage that's with that's another discussion but to just clarify on that but there's this there's this terror there's this terror of demonizing anything outside of safe easily predictable uh, government tyranny all the white supremacists all the nazis all the tories all the republicans are out there right and you know how bad those those mm-hmm. tories are all the with well, the tories are pretty bad but you know i'm being fascist but deep down i think they fear their tactics being done to them i think oh, that, absolutely i think that's what they're really afraid of is that what they're really scared of is that not, not every leftist mind you but i think that the things they're scared of is almost like the way you treat other people i think deep down you kind of intuitively know if you don't mind me psychoanalyzing for just a moment, that they really fear their tactics being done to them. Like they'll lynch, uh, they will lynch Trump supporters, but they themselves are afraid of being lynched. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of being ambushed and shot for the color of their skin when they will freely go do that to somebody else. I've mentioned on the show before, I've met people just even, I mean, I meet a lot of people at my job and they have interesting comments where one girl was saying that and i'll if i haven't said this before i'll say it again she said i'm scared of moving to a small town in minnesota because they're all x skin color and she was saying i'm concerned of them judging me for the color of my skin or treating me poorly when that's precisely what she was already doing to a hypothetical small town in Minnesota that she wanted to move to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you, I, I'm sitting there and I didn't say any of this to her because I'm like, number one, I don't know you. Number two, I kind of have to have this professional polite demeanor for my job. Um, and two, I don't think it would, uh, three, I don't think it would land, but it, it was kind of funny that I kind of thought about the hypocrisy of that they really don't want in the left, they project their evil on somebody else on the other groups, but they really don't want to be treated the same way they treat other people. They fear judgment for their persecution of their enemies. But would they 
relinquish their sins. No, no, they won't relinquish their sins. They want to cannibalize the rich. They say, we'll just eat the rich. We'll steal everything the rich have because they're evil, because they're unethical to take their possessions, burn their homes, rape their spouses, violate their children and beat the memories of them to a pulp. They desire evil. Mm -hmm. Um, the left desires evil and they demand that evil be celebrated and accepted rewarded they want it they want no negative consequences that would arise from said evil they want to practice it with impunity it's a a kind of a pleasure island where they believe nothing bad will happen to them a it's a world of free of consequence of conscience really um they want that pleasure island they want to destroy the everything there and smoke and have all their vices and then go home and then nothing happens to them when that's not how that works. Um, they want this world free of a conscience because they want to rip out their conscience inside them because that's telling them that's the last force telling them that this is so evil. And I, it, it's the only force inside them actually criticizing their decision-making and the evil stuff they do. Um, because I think they really do have this sense of sadism, this deliciousness of, how pleasurable it is to reduce someone to they don't like to an economic class and assign them a moral value, an ethic, like because you're part of the bourgeoisie class, I know everything about you and you are evil. And it feels so good to project all the evil in my own heart and in the world onto that group or anyone I decide is a bourgeoisie. Or in this case, it would be white, uh, it would be... Um, what are the political enemies these days? Uh, Christians, straight, white, heterosexual males, generally speaking. What are the other approved classes that are allowed to be, you know, it's a, a violence is okay. Trump supporters in general. Mm -hmm. Police. Police. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, just Christians in general. Christians you know, and, in general, absolutely. And, and there is definitely an uptick towards the text towards especially like Catholic churches. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen attacks on Catholic persons yet, but you know, I just saw in my newsfeed a, you know, a Catholic church in Pennsylvania that just went up in flames hmm. and it was just completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. Which is just such a tragedy. Mm -hmm. But they, you know, these, these, Jordan Peterson calls them neo-Marxists. That's that's what they are. Um, and I think the reason why they do this, um, they, you know, take pleasure in destroying the world and destroying themselves and destroying the lives of those around them or alienating all good people around them. Because Marx gives them the Marxism gives them the keys to do whatever they want. Marxism mm -hmm. gives them um, the ability and justification to be as evil as they really desire and cruel to whoever they want. And pretend to have a moral superiority complex when in reality marxism doesn't stand up for workers rights marxism doesn't care about the poor they just hate the rich they hate that the rich are more successful and better Absolutely. looking and happier than them because the rich are incentivized and you know so, and it is true sometimes the rich do obtain their riches unethically but that doesn't mean all the rich and sometimes do. they use their riches in a, uh, unethically which is correct yes but that doesn't mean all the rich do that. And in Marxism, all the rich are evil. And in the Marxist view, there is no good, righteous capitalist. They're all evil. They're all pure evil. When the reality is, is that 
you're just reducing someone to a class or you're reducing them to a label and then just assigning them to you know, a mental gulag or a proverbial gulag um, oftentimes are placed at some point down the line with an actual gulag. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not human. All the evil in the world belongs to the capitalist, the bourgeoisie, the business owners, the super ultra rich, the corporations, right? Mm-hmm. Some corporations Which, are evil. Yeah, if you notice in like Soviet propaganda cartoons, Mm-hmm. it's very seldom that you'll see like the capitalist being portrayed as a human. And if right. they are being portrayed as a human, it's a very ugly looking human. Right. You I mean, you take, you take uh, Nazi propaganda in the forties, for example, you just switch out, you know, it's, it, you take, you take Jews, for example, or gypsies or whoever else the Nazis persecuted. You just add, throw in, um, it's the same kind of dehumanizing. You dehumanize your the enemies of your cult. The only difference is that uh, in Nazi Germany, it was an ethnic group versus that one was more of an economic group, which could apply to anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's the same kind of evil. It's just you change the letters and the categories and slightly change the people, but the intent's the same. The idea is the same. Um, Absolutely. So they, it really is a system where you get the justification to be as an evil, heartless, cutthroat of a person as you want, because that's exactly the kind of person the, the founder of the belief system was. He was one of the most reprehensible human beings that's ever lived, and he died a miserable human being. I could go into a lot more detail about it, but I'll just want to leave it at that because I want to get to the rest of the points here. So, And if you don't mind, you know, you were talking about this, and yeah, there's this movie made a few years ago it was um by a it was a collaboration polish italian film called uh Karol, the man who would become pope it's actually a first mm-hmm. in a in a two-part series mm-hmm. and there's this one scene well you know it's about a man by the name of Karol Wojtyla who would become saint john paul ii mm. and uh, it just basically follows his life from the nazi occupation to the uh, reign of the communists, and then eventually when he's elected pope. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I may screen share here. Please do. Yeah. Let me uh, uh, stop the share real quick, and that should let you take over there. Okay. There you go. So I'm just going to go ahead and take over here. But there's a, uh, let me preface this first. There's a scene in the movie I really like. And to preface this, uh, mm-hmm. in the film, and I mm-hmm. think this is true to the historical account, there was this city set up mm-hmm. called Nova Huta, mm-hmm. which basically it means new man. And this was as the vi- uh, the villain in the in the movie after after the Nazi occupation is a man by the name of Julian Kordek. And he describes it as this is a city, the new city for the new man, a man who does not need God anymore. Mm. And he wants to build a church there. Well, anyway, there's these steel workers. Well, he collaborates with some steel workers. Well, okay, he doesn't actually collaborate. Uh, strike that. Anyway, so they, the people of Navajo want a church. The government just says, no, 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 no. It's, they just eventually take matters into their own hands. And uh, this scene also features probably my favorite character in this whole movie. His name is Novak. Uh, he's like this agnostic, but he's really kind of open to it. And he actually becomes friend, uh, friends with Carol. And for those of you who are already starting to jab, uh, just a reference, 
Carol is the Polish version of Charles. So anyway, let, let me just shut up and bring up the, the thing, shall I? Okay. It's after this, and I'll probably have to cut back after oh, I skip the ad. That's Cordex, by the way. Limu, let's get out there and help people customize and save with Liberty Mutual. Wait, so the emu is supposed to come to the Pope? Shut up. Oh, okay, it's not going to cooperate. Oh, here we go. Here, here it is. Oh, whoops. Hold on. I don't know if I did the... Did I do sound share? I can hear it, yeah. Um, turn the volume on just a wee bit, just a smidge there. I don't think I can. On the, you, you, well, it's okay then. Let's keep playing it. Hey, Daddy. Houston guard. We don't want them coming by for control. Okay. That's okay. St. Paul says, I rejoice in infirmities, in insults, in needs, in persecutions, in suffering. For when I am weak, that is when I am strong. They, is that it there? Did you know back? Never. Paid for it. But it is a truth. Like the man who told me these words claimed. St. Paul? Wojtyla. A bishop? And a minor. <laughs> right, I'm just going to skip ahead to the relevant part. Let it load. Thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. So we had a little technical malfunction. So let me just bring it back up. Yeah. Bring us back that. Um, bring us back that uh, video. Mm -hmm. And then in the editing, we'll just take care of it that way. Still having trouble loading. I don't understand this. Why do you have trouble loading? All right, let me try this way. Paste. Come on. I definitely think having uh, some written material prepared to read yep. is really, really good for the show. I'm definitely going to make that a priority moving forward. Yep. Actually, you seem to have a better connection to the internet. So here, uh, go into YouTube. Okay. Type this into your search uh, box. Carol. Why don't you give, why don't you, can you just send me the link with the timestamp yeah, on it? I'll send you a link with the timestamp. Um, and then I'll just let you know where to cut to. Actually, or you could just yeah. kind of make the point of the. Um, I could, but I would like to splice the video in. I'd like you to, you to see it to it. react it. All right, here's okay. the thing, and then. Oh wait, wait, wait! Mine just loaded. Okay, excellent. And let me just wait for the ad to end. Okay, you want me to oh, share it, or do you want to share it? I got it. I'll share it in a second. Okay, oops. All right. So cut that up. All right, so we're back. And yeah, sorry, again, sorry. 
technical malfunction. Let's just get yeah. back into the yeah. chair. So you saw the steelworks, and they were. He was talking about what what the oil was telling him from St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's yeah, let's continue there. Yeah. Yep. It's on chair. Boom. And I highly recommend you watch this movie for yourself. It's like okay. three and a half hours long, but it's it's a very it's very well made. There's Nova. So it's a clip from a film, and then what was the context here? Oh, this. Uh, like I said before, this was a cross being built for the for Nova Huta, mm-hmm. and in its place a church would be built. Oh, I see. Gotcha. And because it, it said that where this is, it's not legal to have a church. You said. Well, I mean, it was barely legal, but they wanted Nova. Uh, the communist authorities wanted Nova Huta excluded. That's. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Okay. And they were all they the churches were only allowed uh, allowed because it was just so prevalent in the first place that they wanted to whittle it down. Oh, I see. And I'll skip okay. past this part because it's somewhat irrelevant. Okay. And then this is the good part. I should put out for context the bearded guy we we just saw that was well, with that Mike, girl. why don't you Mike because it kind of seems like there's a lot of scenes going on here I think you need to have more context why don't you just kind of just tell me kind of the point of it too and we'll kind of because I'm sure that our audiences some of them are going to be listening to it on audio and not video so why don't you just kind of give us the point here uh, well you the workers of Nova Huta have put up this cross where you want to build a new church your city was supposed to be a city without God but your will has prevailed let this be a lesson. Your cross is the symbol of the sacrifice that redeemed men, that gives a new sense to life, that teaches us to love and to respect life. This man is defying us. He has to be stopped. If these people aren't afraid of us anymore, it's all over. Do you understand that or not? We are the citizens of our country. The citizens of our city, but we are also the people of God. We will continue to demand our rights. Religious freedom is the highest expression of human dignity. To stifle it is a crime. This rock was given to me in Rome by Paul VI for you. The workers of Nova Huta. It comes from St. Peter's Cathedral. And on this rock, we will build our church. You have to trust in the strength of hope. You have to trust in love, which is stronger than death. You must never lose faith. You must not lose heart. You must not get discouraged. 
never lose the freedom of mind with which Christ makes men free. I am your bishop, and I will be with you every day until the end of my days. I bless you. Benedicat vos, omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. Which is... Mm -hmm. which makes sense um which because you're saying that that's a similar context to what was happening in calgary you're saying yeah that, that's it, it sort of rang true in my mind that in that way yes yeah and th that actually makes a lot of sense too um back to uh what i was saying too as well um you know i was i was you know talking a little bit about uh, before we uh, went on our fun tangent was that uh, kind of where this where's the psychology of this radicalism that's prevalating the world right now and it's um some of the attitudes behind it so i was saying that uh that you know there's no that so much of of the marxists they want um no consequences for their evil they want um to be able to practice their evil as much as they want they want it celebrated and they don't want anyone to stop them. They don't want consequences, but that's unfortunately exactly what they're going to be getting. It's um, and it's the other thing was that it's half of society that enables these Marxists to be the way they are. It's it's an act, or maybe even more than half of society. It's uh, an active abuser. It's a and a passive abuser. If you kind of think about it, um, or in the context of the video you were sharing too, that you have the active abusers in the society where you have the Soviet secret police. And then you also have the passive participants who enable the police to be as evil as they are. It's a kind of almost, it's almost like what you might see in an alcoholic relationship in a dysfunctional family, except it's uh, copied, stamped and pasted and mass on society. And you're just dealing with bigger players in it, but the model is the same where one partner is you can't talk to them about certain things because they'll be violent with you you can't speak about certain things because they'll be violent with you that their whole life revolves around them getting ready to get drunk getting drunk and recovering from being drunk and that's just repeating preparing mm -hmm. for it do it recover from it and that's their whole life and marxism in a lot of ways follows a similar pattern um, i had a, a coffee meeting with a friend who will go unnamed and we talked for about half an hour, had a pretty decent time. And yeah, you, you mentioned that a little bit. Yeah. And then she went on on a on such a fanatical political rabbit trail that I'm like, I'm trying to listen and empathize with you and trying to focus on what we agree on. But and understand your perspective. But really, all it really boiled down to at the end of it was just like, you just want to berate the air or berate me or berate something you're frustrated at and just be angry about it. And it's like. Your worldview is and it, it's just like, OK, well, what? You have, first of all, none of your opinions are original. Second of all, anyone who practiced Marxism or communism, anyone on college campuses could have the same exact opinion as you. But it was also that she was so fanatical. She was a true believer. She wasn't someone who's like a scientist or a logistician. Mm -hmm. She was somebody that was possessed with the spirit of the utopian vision. Um, and it's almost, and just in general, it's almost difficult to, to state how stunningly evil, it's not just being a true believer is, but just like this poisonous worldview is. 
because they've gotten, I think the left in general, but Marxism in general has gotten so many to adopt their value system, like adopt a value system where it's incapable of the rest of larger societies incapable of condemning um, their violence. Um, there's no overarching morality system to condemn them at this point anymore. It's like literally just do whatever you want and it's okay. Cause there's no God or there's no um, framework. Um, yeah. To- you're, you're in for a nasty surprise, my friend. Oh. Yeah. They've um, they've adopted a worldview that's devoid of meaning and values. There's no objective value. There's no objective anything. So it's rooted in this nihilism and Marxism comes out of this fanatical worship of power that only pretends to care about what it what it what it says it claim, uh, cares about um what they gain what the what the adherents gain effectively is ha- they have the ability to do anything and everything they want the price they pay is that when you can do anything and everything you want you're allowed to be as violent as you want and that violence that they're now enabled to do with moral with total impunity that's often directed at them it's it starts to eventually start to morph into you're a slave to who is ever going to be the most violent and willing to push their their um will forward enough the act i mean activists who are who are the wing of this of marxism they've got nothing to do once they've gained power we're noticing their bloodlust the hunger of their swords has no other foe to devour so do they mm-hmm. starve? Do they starve or do they look for another enemy, which is inevitably going to be itself because it's all power to them. Um, their whole worldview is about gaining power, but once they have it, it's like, well, what do you do with it? The whole meaning is gone. Um, that they, they, they don't talk about what they're going to do once they have it. They say, this has to be the change. So what can be done about it? What, what, what I mean, at this point, what can... They, they're in power now they're they don't have total control but they have so much one youtube commenter pointed this out he said and he has said this half kiddingly but he said the quote was as long as trump is out of office and all the late nice hosts tell us everything's okay um we don't care what's going on signed all democrats mm-hmm. and that's kind of what's going on right now it's like it's none of the important stuff is getting covered and effectively it's like half the voter base just shut off their ears like oh no no one's being abusive everything's fine so they just go in denial mode and then back to business as usual and endless wars as we're seeing right now and we are running a little bit of low on time unfortunately partly my fault oh we can yeah we'll we'll edit Um, that of course but yeah it's actually starting to load now. I, I can actually play the speech now. No, and I, I won't play it for you again because I'm uh, for the audience again because it's probably going to get spliced in. Yeah, already. Spliced it in. But I, I kind of want to get your reaction to it. Sure. Then you maybe can splice my reaction in. There we go. I was going to say was that that's a really good line where he says, you know, on the one end you've got this viewers like we're celebrating respect of your fellow man of love, life goodness and this other view is like we don't care about any of that it's the only thing that matters is fear 
They must be, the cattle must be afraid of us. The masses must be in a state of terror so that they will do what we want them to do. If we don't have that, we have nothing if we can't control them. And that's kind of what this whole discussion kind of, actually is a very good wrap up to the whole discussion is the state is trying to create, the statists are trying to create mass terror and fear to drive people to comply and people that have already kind of bowed the knee to the state are already going to the state for their identity and permission to live their lives the way they want they're looking for approval they're looking to be liked and loved and received to basically suck on the teat of the state and the state says well we won't kill you we won't we won't terrorize you if you'll comply. Well, they do. Mm-hmm. And then reason to life. It's not just this belief system devoid of any kind of deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. And unfortunately, we probably did lose some of that because my internet connection, for whatever reason, is unstable. Okay. But, well, we'll but yeah, I think have. we got the gist of it. So, yeah. But in any case, Mr. Banks, your book quote, please. Now, Mike, you'll have to remind me, how do I pronounce this word again? Didache. Didache, the teachings of the early church fathers. There's a line from here I wanted to share with you. Interesting tangent. That was almost included in scripture, in the canon of scripture. Yeah, there. I heard the same thing. It's, let's, one moment here. It's... Ah, here it is. Quote, hate every kind of hypocrisy. Hate everything that is not pleasing to the Lord. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to attack hypocrisy like that. You just especially the kind we see right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I'm trying to figure out how to apply this practically in my head. Mm-hmm. But in my sense, you know. Love com- uh, I love the communists, but I have zero tolerance for communism. Mm-hmm. And coming from Polish stock, you can understand why. Uh, Absolutely. But in any case, we are out of time. Again, partly because of my fault, partly because of technical issues. Yeah. Well, so, nothing we can't fix in editing. So anyway, Mike, I hope you have a very pleasant evening, sir. You too. And audience, thank you so much for watching. And we love you guys. Be sure to love, uh, love, wow. Love, like, comment. Yes, love, love your neighbors, love your enemies as yourself. Love your neighbors. Absolutely. Love your neighbors, love your enemies, yeah. But in terms of this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. And uh, uh, oh yeah, be sure to check us out on our social media platforms and on our podcast platforms. Get away from the mic there banks that's kind of creepy how you look that okay that's creepier that's creepier than spring trap so i'm just gonna cut it short good night everybody we are the tangent kings pox at bonus hey folks if you like our podcast be sure to check us out on facebook and also check us out on our podcast platforms namely Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, and others you can also find on Anchor. God bless.